Remain standing, take your Bibles, and turn to the book of Acts, chapter 13. We will then go to Acts 21, then 1 Corinthians 13. Then starting in Genesis, we'll read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, concluding. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Three different texts, though. Okay, and we do have notes for you, and uh, I'm going to read that to you, and they will put the scripture on the screen as they are able. Acts chapter 13. Verse 1 through 3, let's read the word of the Lord. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simon. Go down to verse 2. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said. What did the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit said. The Holy Spirit spoke. Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work of which I have called them. So after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and they sent them off. Acts 21. After we had been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea, coming over to us. us. He took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it, and said, The Holy Spirit says, in the same way, Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. Go to verse 12. And when we heard this, we and the people... There pleaded with Paul not to go to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? Am I not ready to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus? And when he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and said, The Lord's will be done. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 now. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. You ready? Verse 3. But anyone who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for what you did in the first service and for what you'll do now in the moments that remain in this one. I pray that you would give us living understanding and that we would be transformed, that we would have our minds renewed, that you would release faith, you would release encouragement, you'd release strengthening and comfort, God, by your spirit as your word is preached. Come and do all that you want to. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. In less than a week, we will have our 13th annual prophetic conference. And I have had people on occasion ask me, you know, what's the big deal about a prophetic conference and why do you even have one? The first time we had a prophetic conference was in 1995. I was there and um, not in very good shape. I wouldn't say I was completely sanctified, that's for sure. But I was there in 95 and got my life changed by a prophetic word. Had an interesting thing happen to me as I want to preach to you uh, and emphasize our prophetic conference and the power of the prophetic word and what the prophetic word is. What is it? And in hopes of encouraging you to register for the prophetic conference. Had an interesting thing happen to me uh, that I believe was orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. Had uh, some precious people that are helping out cleaning the church and they were able to get into my office and help to clean it and vacuum it. And they shampooed my carpet and had to move my bookshelves and took all my books off the shelves. God bless them. They took a picture of my books and they took all the books off the bookshelf. Then they looked at the picture and put all my books back that way. I mean, that's like, that's amazing. I'm just saying, God bless you. That's awesome. So diligent. Such a wonderful group of people that serve here. Come on. Somebody say hallelujah. 
And as I came in this morning, I'm not in my office. I'm not an office pastor. I use my office for counseling. I use it for study sometimes. You're not going to find me sitting behind a desk. I'm not the type. I came in this morning uh, to review my message that I'm preaching to you, and I found this big, fat, weathered book. And um, uh, it looks nasty, but it's very dear to me. This is my first Bible. It looks like it's about 150 years old, and I'll tell you why that is. Anyway, as I saw it, and it's, it's very dirty. It has dirt all over it. I keep it in a, in a little plastic bag on my bookshelf. And as I, uh, as I pulled it to myself, I, you know, even now I just get choked up because well, I got saved in you know, about 92. And uh, my mother, I didn't have a bike I didn't have anything. I know, I know some of you think I'm like in my 30s, but I'm really in my 50s, and so I was, you know, in my 20s back then. Anyway, so if you followed that. So, you know, being 20-something years old and living in your mom's house now is all cool, but that, back then it wasn't cool. And uh, so I was feeling really very discouraged, but I had given my heart to the Lord, and my mom gave me money and said, you need to buy yourself a Bible. And... Uh, she went off to work, and I walked to the bookstore, which was miles away, the Christian bookstore. And I remember clenching my, I had $50, and I remember clenching my $50 in my hand and praying and just feeling like such a loser. Here, I'm 20-something, and I don't, that's like a cool thing now. I don't have a car, and I live in my mom's house. I was like, Jesus, I'm a loser. Anyway, I walk all the way to the book, Christian bookstore, and I go, and I read through this before you could get things online. In fact, just prior to that, they used to use stone tablets and chisels. <laughs> so I, I looked at all these Bibles, and I, I read through all the different versions. And I mean, I spent hours in that Christian bookstore, and I can still do the same thing. Give me an espresso, and I can stay in a Christian bookstore for hours. And just read books and, you know, hang out. So as I'm looking at all of I, I, I have it's down to a few, and I pick the... The 1984 version, the NIV, and, I, and it's the Life Application Bible. And some of you know that. This is a great Bible. It's a great Bible. And I took it home that day, and I, I kept it in the box for the longest time. And there's times I had covers on it. And, and um, I received my first prophetic word in like 1992, 93, and I wrote it in my Bible. So I come in this morning, and you know this is on my desk, and I haven't seen it for years, and I certainly haven't taken it out of the bag. I, I, you know, it might have been times where I looked up, and I'm like, wow, Lord, you're awesome. But I've, I turned to the page where I wrote down the prophetic word. And I realized that it had all come to pass. It's happened. Amen. So I started thinking, well, when is some of the other times that I got prophetic words? So I, so I turned and I turned to, to, to look at Brother Dick Mills. Some of you know who that is. Brother Dick Mills is a legend. He's a legend in the Assemblies of God. And was one of the, he was scourged, really, for being a prophet. And so what he did was he changed his, he asked the Lord, Lord, help me to change my gift. And the Lord said, just give him scripture. He memorized 7,000 promises out of the word of God. And whenever he would give you a word, he'd just give you chapter Jeremiah 20, Jeremiah 29, 11, and he'd say it to you. And then from that, God used that to, to be an incredible prophetic word. And I looked up the prophetic words that he gave me. And I mean, even now when I just open it, it's, it's, it's a walk through the history of my early Christian walk. And it's overwhelming. Now, you could have an electronic Bible, 
But I mean, it's hard to do that in an electronic Bible. I mean, give me, give me the onion skin and give me the leather pages. I, 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 you know. And as I looked through the prophetic words, I, I was one after another, this is fulfilled, that's fulfilled. I mean, I could, I could just flip through it. Done. Restoration, done. Done, 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 done. I'm looking through this thing with my mind blown, saying, oh my goodness, God has fulfilled everything to date that I have in here. It's like done. The date when I was baptized. And it was overwhelming for me. And then a homeless man, Lord bless him, took it. He stole it from me. In 1997. Stole it. I was so mad. You know, I've heard people say, yeah, they're so way more like spirit-filled than I am. Oh, they just must need it more than, you, than me. Nonsense. That's my Bible. Give me my sting. May God give you the hemorrhoids that he gave. In the name of Jesus, give me my Bible back. Right? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Emrons. If you're offended by the word hemorrhoid, Emron is the word hemorrhoid. And anyway, so, you know, may, may God just rain it down on you till you bring me back what belongs to me. I'm not as Christian as some of you may be. I have grown up maybe a little bit. But anyway, I called it down on whoever took it. And, and I looked for it for a week plus, and then, and I never, I didn't stop looking for it, but there came a moment where I felt like I was so upset that I realized, man, my Bible's gone, my first Bible. I just thought it's unacceptable, and you, Pastor Karen remembers, and I remember standing out on the steps of the church, and I said, in the name of Jesus, I felt like God said, I'm giving you your Bible back. I said, in Jesus' name, I call it back. I call back my Bible. You can't have it. I want it back. You get your own Bible. I walked four miles and paid 50 bucks and was living in my mother's house. Give me my Bible! Well, three years went by. Three years went by. And Pastor Kamau finds me. It's three years later. I think I was in full-time ministry by then. And Pastor Kamau finds me and says, Oh, Brother Rockin, I think your Bible, you have a Bible in the lost and found. I said, what Bible? My Bible. I said, that's my Bible. I ran and found the thing. It was soaked in water. It had been in a homeless camp, run over in dirt. But I got my Bible back. And when I look at this, it, it, when I look at it, it's, it's, an, it's just a, it's an illustration that God brings about his word in your life. He sends it forth. It doesn't return void. And this coming weekend, we are flying in prophets, people that flow in these prophetic giftings that is so life-changing that I, I, I fear that some of you have some kind of a trip planned, like you're going to go catch flounder on the Kenai or somewhere. I don't know what you could do this time of the year down in the Kenai, but I mean, you might go, go have plans to go and, you know, have a, a house blessing on Saturday. You know, God bless your house. I think you should bless your house. Bless it on another weekend. And there are people well-meaning that have made plans, and, and you're going to miss what God does this weekend because you didn't know the importance of it. I could tell you story after story, and I will tell you some of those in the moments that remain this morning to encourage you about the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is going to come forth over this pulpit over this coming weekend. Some of you won't be here because you can't be. You have to work. You're flying by cap to the slope, whatever I understand. 
And there's no shame in that. You don't have, you don't have, a, you don't have a job, get a job. You don't work, you don't eat. Don't be a freeloader. Amen. Right? Come on, give me an amen. All right, get your voting card and vote too. And if you don't vote, then don't say one thing against any piece of government. Just silently suffer. You should work. And of course, there's, you're handicapped. There's good reasons why people can't work, and I understand that. Amen? But if you were able to be here this weekend, I would highly encourage you to do it. For many miracles that are released in this house happen on this coming weekend as a watershed moment for me, for my family, and have been for over 20, what's that, what is that 25, 20, how many years is that since 95? 28? How many? 23. Okay, 23 years. Praise God, all you mathematicians. I'm just glad I can spell my name. Look at, look at, your, look at your notes with me now. So we've hosted, this will be the 13th year here, 23 years, which you said 23 since 1995 as church as a whole. Why the emphasis on the prophetic? We're right in the notes. Let me quickly move along. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. So in 1 Corinthians 12, it says the manifestation of the Spirit is, and it begins to list the gifts of the Spirit. So when you want the Holy Spirit to come and you say, come Holy Spirit. How many of you ever said that? It's a good thing to say. It's a good prayer to pray. Holy Spirit, come. Come Holy Spirit, I need Thee. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in Thine strength and Thy power. Come in Thine own special way. The own special way is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So if you want the Holy Spirit to come, how does he come? Prophecy, healing, signs, wonders, miracles, discernment, gift of faith. It's not all the gifts of the Spirit here in 1 Corinthians 12, but, and there's some in Romans in different places. But when we ask for a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes in more than just goosebumps and your hair standing on end. He comes in the manifestation of the gifts. So why would we have a prophetic conference? It's to emphasize the word of the Lord, to emphasize the gifts of the Spirit. And in this case, particularly the prophetic gift. But honestly, all the gifts operate at the conference and all the gifts operate in this house. You say all of them? Yeah. All of them. Whoa. And that's by design. God wants to speak to you. Come on, say it. God wants to speak to me. Yeah, he does. And the reason we're emphasizing it is to bring a correction to, to deceiving spirits that are at work in the world. I mean, you'd be surprised how many Christians call 1-800-IDIOT-PSYCHIC-HOTLINE. Hello. Don't, do not raise your hand. Don't call psychics. Stay away from tarot cards. Stay away from the, the you know, paying attention to your, what is that? The zodiac signs and all that nonsense. It's all, it's all, it's all accursed stuff. It's, it's all not of God. And there are real psychics and false ones. Most of them are false. Don't, don't, don't consult them. But the reason that many people do consult them is there's nobody carrying the word of the Lord that actually prophesy. Nobody, that, that, that's not happening. And I don't believe that's happening here. I believe there is a release of God's power here, but it might be ankle deep, but we're thankful for whatever is happening. Amen. But there's, there's an emphasis of the prophetic. Why? Because it's always been important to God's people. You look at the Old Testament. The entire Old Testament is a prophecy book. The whole thing's prophecy. The entire thing. The whole thing, you read through it, it's all prophetic. 
Turn to 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. We also have a prophetic message as something completely reliable. And you do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. That's profound. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by a prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its own origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Why the emphasis of the prophetic? Fourthly, we all need to hear what God's saying to us individually and what God's saying to us corporately. He said, well, I hear God myself. I'm glad you do. All sheep should. Everyone should hear God's voice. That's normal Christianity. Everybody should hear God's voice. But the gift of prophecy is released in the body to equip the saints with the work of ministry, to strengthen you, to encourage you, to comfort you. And we have had such powerful, life-transforming times through the prophetic word. So we all need to hear what God's saying and, and to confirm and so on and so forth. So let's look at the text. I'm going to talk to you about the general function of prophecy. I'm going to teach you and uh, talk about the general function, what it is corporately and individually. I'm going to talk about the limitations of prophecy. I'm going to talk about how you're to judge it. Everybody say judge it. Judge it. Somebody say don't judge. No, no, you're supposed to judge. So we see how the prophetic functions as a general word to the congregation 1 Corinthians 14, 4, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Let me just take a moment about tongues. Tongues that it's interpreted, two kinds of tongues. Tongues that's interpreted, two kinds of tongues generally. Tongues that's interpreted, which is prophecy. So if I gave a message now in an unknown tongue, which honestly could be a foreign language or a foreign language that I don't know, or a language from heaven, and then it's interpreted, that would then be prophecy. That just happened a couple weeks ago. We had uh, Teresa uh, White was here, Pastor Timothy's mama. And we prayed over some of the tribes of the native Alaskans here. And then it was like a hush came over the congregation and she began, I could feel it coming. I could sense it coming. Then she gave forth this message in tongues. As she's giving forth the message, I'm getting, it's almost like Morse code for me. I start getting the interpretation of it. But being the pastor and wanting to encourage the gift of interpretation and all the gifts of the Spirit in the congregation, I won't always just go ahead and belt it out. I'll wait just a little bit, and I wait. And if it's not interpreted, it is then that it's out of order. Okay, so it needs to be interpreted. So the Lord gives, I have the gift of interpretation, so the Lord would give it to me, and then I'll wait. In this case, I waited hoping for someone in the congregation, someone to rise and give the interpretation. In this case, she interpreted her own prophetic word, which was dead on accurate. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful time. And we prayed, and it was the word of the Lord. It was awesome. That's tongues with interpretation, which is prophecy. There's tongues without interpretation, which is also called your prayer language. Quoting assembly of God, fundamental truths. The, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, tongues, is the initial, everybody say initial, initial sign of being filled with the Spirit. And it's a, it's a gift that everyone can have. I've had people leave the church over it. I've preached many, many messages on it. We will not deviate from that. We are settled. We will stand before the Lord for it. And, and, and we're okay with that. You say, well, I don't pray in tongues. Well, you can. And I'm going to tell you, this is one of the most powerful gifts you can have. It's God praying through you the perfect will of God. Many times we have such a carnal blockage to the gifts of the Spirit so we can't let go and let Him 
pray through us. But tongues praying through you like that, the mysteries of God, speaking mysteries unto him, is so powerful. And when I say let's all pray in the spirit, that edifies you. But it's, it releases power in you that nothing else can. And so when I say let's all pray in the spirit, everybody's praying in their prayer language. There's nothing out of order about that. Only in this secular, humanistic, Western church that's anemic in prayer do people get upset when there's people praying out loud. Go anywhere else in the world where they're raising the dead, healing the sick, setting the captives free. Prayer out loud is, is something that's evident and fervent. And it's not a staring at your navel with your hands folded, hoping for somebody else to pray for you burden, a burden and a passion, a zeal. I, I, I reposted onto my Facebook this, this lady in China who gets her eyesight. I just did it last night. And, and you should see the prayer there. I was just at a Ukrainian home not long ago. And I will tell you what I was moved by. Not just the food. I was moved by the food. But, I, but, but more than the food. And I felt like the Lord orchestrated all of that. Went, went there to celebrate their dad's 70th birthday. And we were there. We started praying. The whole house lit up in tongues. Oh, everybody's praying like, holy cow, make, make us seem backslid over here. So I just wanted to say that there's tongues that edifies you. It's okay to release it corporately. But when it becomes highlighted in a congregation, it's louder, stronger, clearer. That's then that it needs to be interpreted because then it'll be out of order. But many people teach that tongues in the service is out of order. And that's... It's not a biblical thing, and I can prove it. And I have, and all of those messages are online. You can get them at KC Alaska. You can download them. It's on YouTube. If you have any questions about that, go listen to some of those messages, and we can help you, and I'll teach another message at, at another time. But prophecy, prophecy edifies the church. It's, it can be a specific word to an individual. For Acts 21, come over to us. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt. It was a specific word to Paul. But it wasn't just a specific word to Paul. Paul, you're going to get to Jerusalem and you're going to get beatings, which he already knew. The Holy Spirit warned him every place that he would go. It was a specific word to the congregation. So it can be the individual. It can also be to the congregation. He was given a word to the church for them to be set apart for missions. It was an individual word for, for Barnabas. And but it was also a word for, for the church. The characteristics of true prophecy, let me give this to you. Prophecy is for strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. And that comes from 1 Corinthians 14.3. Strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. The Holy Spirit speaking through a prophet, the quality, the quality of strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Now James uh, was, is one of our safety security guys. He was in the first service. He was sitting over here. And I think it was last Wednesday, the Lord... I looked over, he was on this side. I looked over and I saw him in a prison, but he wasn't a prisoner. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Anyway, I mean, like, get a, I, and I said, I see bars all around you. He's like, oh, Jesus. You know I mean, I saw bars all around him. It was over on this side. And I saw, I see you're in a prison, but, but you're ministering there and God's using you there. And there's meetings and things being released. I don't remember the entire word, but I gave it to him and he just sort of smiled. And we're all like, yay, praise the Lord. You can feel the anointing and the God's presence. And he just kind of smiled at me and we went on to our service. Well, after the service, he came to me and said, hey, pastor. I said, yeah. He said, uh, that, was a, that was a good word. I said, oh, praise the Lord. He said, yeah, you know, this morning I met with uh, the prison and uh, I'm just going in to do meetings. I said, no kidding. He said, yeah. 
I said, well, how about that? Now, I didn't know anything about that, but the Holy Spirit knows everything. God knows everything, and he can speak to you like that. Now, what did that do for James? We, we, we interviewed him a little bit when he was here in the last service. What did that do for James? Well, it said this. You're right on track. I mean, how, how did I know? I don't know. I'm not like tracking, stalking people on Facebook to get some little nugget so I can manipulate it and go to hell over it. Why would I do that? Oh, he must have known you don't know something. I've seen your something. Oh, stop. There's so many, so many unbelieving believers, for God's sake. Get delivered. Come on, believe. And so what did it... Settle down over there. What, what did that do for James? It released strength. Like, man, I'm, I'm right where God wants me to be. I'm going to be in the prison. It released, it released encouragement. I'm, I'm on time. I'm in the will of God. It, it comforted him. Come on, when God tells you stuff that he told you on your bed or you were praying the night before or last week or last year and somebody comes and gives it to you just like you said it, how many of you know that releases encouragement, strength, and comfort? I was at a prophetic conference about two years ago and I said this to the Lord just before I went about our building project. I was frustrated. Because knowing the dynamics of how we're planting churches at breakneck speed requires lots of money. We always need miracles. We always need them. So I'm thinking, God, we always need miracles. Lord, 48 works. Oh, God, help us. Help us plant churches. But Lord, how am I going to build this building? How am I going to build this building you told us to build with, with this, the way this is? This is how, does, how can this work? And I, I remember I, I was passionate about it. I, I talked to the Lord, you know, not like, oh, hang your head. I mean, I know why I'm, I'm his son. I can come boldly before his throne. So I was boldly before him. I said, God, how's this going to happen unless you help? And I was, I was undone. I said, help, help God. And it was like a bell rang. Ding. I said, well, praise the Lord. He's going to help. I go to the prophetic conference. This is about three years ago. I'm on the front row simultaneously. I didn't tell you this in the first service. My wife reminded me. Simultaneously, my wife is back here in Alaska. I'm there in the islands at this prophetic conference and a little unknown prophet, which is kind of being humorous because she's very well known, Cindy Jacobs. She's about four foot 11 with a shrill voice and full of fire. And she just yells and gets all Pentecostal, especially when she's really being thundered at by the Lord. She calls me out and she says, Daniel! I'm like standing there. She says, you said I can't do this thing unless you. She quotes my prayer. She quotes it. Okay, she knew nothing. You said I can't do this unless you help me. She quotes what I said to the Lord. And the Lord says, I am helping you. You know, I was down. I got touched by the Lord. And he pulled me back up, as I recall, and, and got Pastor Morocco to lay hands on me and, and prayed for him, this apostolic thing. I am helping you. And I'm going to tell you what. It was an amazing prophetic word. Simultaneously, the exact time, my wife is driving our truck on the highway, listening to the prophetic word over her phone, watching the service, Weeping, I'm sure, as, she's, as the word comes, she is cresting the hill right at our property, has an open vision. I'm telling you the God's honest truth. I'm going to stand before God. I'm not making this stuff up. This is the supernatural power of God. He can speak to you. He can change things. He can raise the dead. He can heal the sick. He can set the captives free. He can do it for you. He can do it for me. He's not a man that he should lie. He can do it. He can do it. 
He can do it. Come on, let your faith rise to another level. And so she has an open vision of the church. Which honestly, as I recall, the vision that she had of the church was not exactly what we had in the plans. I didn't really think that much about it, but the plans changed. Now the plans actually, and it's not like we said, oh, we need to change the plans because we have the vision. And you know, that can be good. I mean, that can happen. But unbeknownst to us, certain things had to change in the building and it ended up looking like what she saw. You want to tell me who could design that while you're driving your truck, breaking the law, watching the... Uh huh. And she has an open. Oh, I am going to help you. Show. Right? That was awesome. That's what she sounds like in my mind. You know what it did for me, what it did for us, what it did for the church? And I'm sure that before, it, what does it release? It releases strength. It releases comfort. It confirms that God's the one that called us to do it because believe me, we're not sending little texts back and forth to say the details of what's happening so some prophet can then curse themselves and we can all be little cursed people in church so we can pretend to tell some story that somebody actually really do. Come on. If you believe that, you need deliverance. Look at two. Prophecy can be a warning. I've had many a warnings. You know, you can get a prophetic word from the Lord because he can speak to you or a, or a prophet can be a warning. But, you know, you need to weigh it. You need to judge it. But the Apostle Paul's getting warned here. In this case, it was to, to let the comfort of the Lord be with the church and with him to know then when trouble comes, don't be surprised. But other times you can have a, a, a warning and that's so that you can pray. So that you can avert the warning. Listen, it's, it's not settled. Your, your, your future is not fixed. Now, some believe that it is. Well, it's just fixed. It's destiny. No, I believe there's a perfect will of God, but you have your role in it. And then I believe God knows everything all the way to the end. But if you look at Hezekiah, he's given the word of the Lord, you're going to die. And he's like, ah, sackcloth, acid, fasting, praying. And what God do? He gives him more years. Well, I thought the word of the Lord was he was going to die. Well, it was, but then he fasted and prayed and changed things. See, you can get a warning that the plane's going to go down, the bus is going to crash, the train. You can pray, you can intervene, you can bind demon power. Come on, someone say hallelujah. hallelujah. Prophecy can be a revelation of God's will. And many times churches are bogged down in religious religiosity. And, and I've gotten that way. I've gotten that way before. And, and some of you have too. You can just get dull. You know, you've got to resource yourself. You've got to stay on fire. You've got to cultivate fire. Cultivate zeal. We can get bogged down or hemmed in or limited in vision and a prophetic word can break us out. What the prophetic source, the prophetic word, pardon me, can come from three different sources. Listen to this. From the demonic. From what? The demonic. Really? Welcome to KC. Let me take a swing. Uh, I'm just going to talk to you. The Lord has nothing to do with you, but you're going to bring me comfort while I bring this rebuke. 
We, 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 know, we know people over the years. Y'all listening? Some of you aren't, but, but we know people over the years. I'm just going to say it just to help you, okay? We know people over the years that they allowed their kids to be on their phones playing all kinds of stupid little football. It used to be the, what was it, the little Nintendo? Is that what it was? What was it before the phones? The Nintendo? Yeah, oh yeah, the DS, right? And I don't know what it was before that. Game Boys. We've known people over the years that they would come to church. I'm so glad they've come, and I'm so glad that most of them are still here. Many of their kids have blown up, and they're on drugs, and they've had babies out of wedlock, and some of them are in prison. I've been here long enough to tell you what I'm telling you right now. Is y'all listening? Okay. And so when they say, well, my kids aren't serving the Lord, well, let me just say that could it possibly be your fault through your lack of disciplining your kid to have his face stuck in a phone the entire service when the word of the Lord is being preached. And I'm just going to tell you something. I've been in church a while. This is not some flat, dead, lame service. There's a bit of anointing. There's a bit of presence here. And you're stuck playing your little candy game right now when you could be hearing something that's going to change your life, young man, young woman, sir, bam. And as a father, as a mother, you have a duty to raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And if you allow them to continue to do that and have a prison ministry later on you can come and talk to me and we'll help you just chaps my stinking hide and we wonder oh how that guy served them wish they'd serve the lord snatch that stinking thing out of their hand and make them listen well they're older you make them go to school don't you you make them eat their vegetables don't you don't you all right Let's encourage ourselves. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Is he talking to me? Yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I am. I ain't looking at you, but you know I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. All right. I feel somewhat better. The prophetic word can come from the demonic. Some of you are like, oh, I've been waiting for him to say that. Praise God. No, not the demonic part, the rebuking of the being on the phones, playing crush candy, stupid nonsense, Facebooking, Insta-snapping ridiculousness. Do it later. Prophetic can come from the demonic. Of course, it would be the pathetic then, not the prophetic. But it can come from a demonic spirit. And uh, Acts 16, there's this slave girl. You all all right? I know you're in shock, but it's okay. It can come from a demonic spirit. Acts 16, slave girl has a spirit of divination. She has a python spirit. And she, she brought her master's much gain through telling the future. So then Paul is there and he's on his missionary journey and this slave girl's following around the, the men of God saying, these men show the way of salvation. Is that true? Yes. yes. Listen to them, hear them. This happened for many days and it says in Acts 16, Paul being greatly annoyed, kind of like what I was right then. That was me being greatly annoyed. I'm just going to tell you that many churches don't rebuke. I don't rebuke a lot, but if I feel greatly annoyed, it's always the Holy Spirit. Some, I've got to temper it because I, I get angry sometimes. And then it's, you just got to be careful when you get the anoints of the Holy Spirit. You don't release your flesh at the same time. <laughs> anyway, that, that, that rebuke was the Holy Spirit probably saving someone from disaster. Paul being greatly annoyed. You know, annoyance, you think, is just your flesh. It's not. It can be actually the gift of discernment operating. And some of the ladies are like, I knew it. Paul, being greatly annoyed, turns around and rebukes a demon, and she's set free. And then, and then what happens is that the slave owners are so upset that their ability to make money is gone. 
Their ability to make money is gone because their slave girl now longer, can no longer tell the future because the python spirit was broken off in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I said in the first service, which caused some ripples, it reminded me of the medical industry. No, I read somewhere they have that. Not all medical industry is, it's not all good. How many of you know that there's people that are addicted to stuff that they shouldn't have been prescribed to begin with, and then they're over-prescribed and, and, and not managed, and now you have an opiate crisis that's, that's largely due. Well, I don't know all the facts. I just know that if you follow the money, you'll see that people are in bondage still because somebody's making millions of dollars and I, and I, or billions of dollars, I should say, or billions and billions of dollars. And I should also say that I, I read somewhere that they have the cure for cancer, but they won't release it because it's too big a moneymaker. Let me think, think about that. And that's what these slave owners were like. They, 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 they didn't want their, their, their girl free. They, they wanted her bound. It can come from your own imagination. You all there in your notes? It can come from your own imagination. Ezekiel 30 to 13. Oh my, the clock is going very fast. Ezekiel 13, verse 2 and 3 talks about that. They prophesy out of their own imagination. I, I had somebody do this to me more than once, but the, my favorite one is when, I, I like being bald. I love being bald, in fact. Being bald's awesome. Bald is beautiful. Somebody say hallelujah. You should see my license plate. You know, if you're, you know yours says brown or, or whatever color hair you want to put on there. Some of you forgot which your original color is. But, but uh, for me, I, 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 I put bald, B-A-L, it's bald. My wife loves my bald head. She does. She likes to touch it and stuff. Yeah, it's awesome. So this, I, I like it. I mean, it doesn't take me any time to get ready for church. So bam, I'm done. A little soap, a little bit of water, take the grease off the top and get racking. You know what I'm talking about? Woo! So I had this person who wanted me to have hair. It's the only way I could say it. I think they wanted me to have hair. So they said, um, I have a word for you, Pastor. I'm like, okay. The Lord says he's going to cause your hair to grow back. And he, you're going to have hair. I'm like... Yeah, thanks. It's not God. It was, it was in her own mind she wanted me to have hair. I, I don't know what's going on, but people in their own imagination can bring forth the word, and it's not of God. Or, thirdly, it can come from the Holy Spirit. And, and how do you judge that? Well, strength, encouragement, comfort, but, but many other ways as well. It doesn't violate Scripture, so on and so forth. Every spirit-filled believer has potential to prophesy. That's Acts, uh, pardon me, 1 Corinthians 14. And uh, you can look at Acts 13, Acts 21. Romans 12, 6 talks about prophecy being released in proportion to one's faith. It's, it's released or limited by one's faith. All right, how do I know the prophetic gift is from God? Roman numeral four. You gotta judge it. You have to judge it. Is it true? Number one, is it true? If it's not true, come on, if they, they you know, they, 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 they say something that the Lord's saying, but it's not true, that would be a way of judging that, that the word's not from God. Secondly, is it strengthening, encouraging, comforting? If it isn't, then you have to question it. Does it violate Scripture, which I said already, but 1 Corinthians 12, verse 3, Therefore I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. No one who says, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. What's Paul saying? He's basically saying that, that Scripture can't be violated. You, you can't say you love God and then curse God, you understand. So you can't bring forth a word from the Lord that violates the word, and Jesus is the word. So if the prophetic word violates the word, it's not a word from God. Does that make sense? So you, the, you, the word of God is the, is the standard by which you judge everything. And if it's not a word from God, what do you do? You flush it. Flush. Just put your hand like this. Just flush it. Does it confirm what God's been saying to you personally? 
Don't minimize the work of the Holy Spirit in your own life. Don't minimize the work of the Holy Spirit in your own life. And uh, look at see, if something's totally different than what you've thought, don't worry about it. I have, I have many prophetic words on the shelf of my spiritual life. In other words, I'm just not sure about that. But I despise not prophecy. In other words, the person they gave to me, their character, their integrity, all of that is intact. And, and as, as a result, I'm going to take it as the word and just weigh it and pray. But listen, in the end, you're going to stand before God. You're going to stand before God for what the Lord is saying to you. Amen? We don't have parking lot prophecy. Or it's pathetic ministry. Pathetic ministry. Pathetic, pathetic ministry is, is when somebody just catches up to someone like a, a man or it could be a woman who has a lust problem and sees somebody in the congregation and wants to run after them and catches them in the parking lot and they, they're there and they you know, kind of look over their shoulder. We, I've seen this happen before. Maybe you have too. And sometimes in churches they don't, have, they don't, have, they don't release the prophetic word because they're afraid of this. And so the guy would come up to her and say, Hey, uh, I know your husband's not here, and uh, I have a word from the Lord for you. And just kicks down the just fattest smolder he possibly can. And then tells you, I think we need to have coffee and talk about it. Yeah, that's pathetic ministry, and it's happened before. In this house, don't, don't do that. Don't let somebody come up to you in a parking lot and, and who you don't know. I have a word from the Lord. You go, no, 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 no. Pastor, don't want that. No, no, no. Nope. No, no, no. Sorry. Don't, don't run up to somebody in the parking lot. Don't run up to somebody. They quick run up to you. You should leave your wife. And they run off, and it's just kind of like damaging. Just trip them as they go by. All right, what's God saying to us? What's God saying to us? Very clearly, God desires to build his church where his voice can be heard and celebrated. That is the kind of church I want to have. That is the kind of church we have. And so this prophetic conference, we do it every year because it does something for you and it does something for the church and it does something for all of us. God wants to manifest the Holy Spirit through us. He wants, you know, more than even receiving a word from a prophet, God wants you to hear his voice in a way that's accurate, that you hear his voice. His sheep know and hear his voice. My son, worship team, would you come? My son, who's um, got a tremendous gift, don't think he realizes it just yet, which is probably good at 15, but he's learning. And uh, he's given prophetic words even at a, a young age where uh, if, had he not given the word, we wouldn't, be, we wouldn't own our property he was 11 years old, and I don't want to embarrass him or anything like that, but God just uses him like a child. And so we were talking about this week about, about prophecy and about hearing God's voice, and he said, he said the most incredible thing. It's so simple, but it's so true. We try to teach people this. He said, you know, Dad, I, I think God comes to me. It's almost like my own thoughts. Exactly, but it's not. It's his voice. Has, God's voice has a specific quality to it. And if you learn to hear his voice, you can, you can tune your ear to hear the voice of God. It is my prayer. I would to God that you would, out of this conference, hear God's voice 
in a greater way than you ever have before. That gift would flourish in you so that you can be led and guided by the Spirit in an amazing way. That's what this conference will produce. So do your house blessing later, another weekend. Take your, take your ice fishing trip another weekend if you can. Somebody said, I, gotta, I have to go to Washington. I have to fly down. I have this corporate thing. I understand. Listen online, whatever, do whatever you can. But if you're able to be here, you need to be here. I've had times in church where the answer for the person that I was counseling was preached by the guests that came. But they missed that service. They didn't come to that one because they were watching a game or they're doing something. Listen, I'm all for family. I'm, we, we need to have strong families. You don't have a strong family, you're gonna have a come apart. You gotta cultivate that. You gotta have time for your wife, time for your husband. You gotta have time for your kids. You gotta, you gotta date your daughter. You gotta date your son. You gotta sow into family. You gotta have a family altar and prayer times and all of that. But be committed to times of tremendous outpouring and refreshing. I'm telling you, this next weekend is gonna be amazing. It's going to be amazing. So, in conclusion, God wants us to be, God wants to be seen as a personal, infinite God who's present. And then lastly, register for the conference. Register for the conference. I need to say this because I had somebody get all mad at me last year and I had somebody start saying something until I made a wisecrack to correct it. My wisecrack comes out of my own frustration. I don't know how people can think this way, but they do. The conference is, I think it's $40 a person. I think it's $120 for a whole family. $40 if you're a formal member. $50 if you're not. Why would we charge? Because we're flying in. How much, is there eight? Nine? No, we're flying in nine different people from all over the place. Has anybody tried to fly recently? It's costly. And then we're going to feed them, and we're going to host them, and we're going to bless them. And we're going to help them. And the, and, and the cost of the conference is not even covered by our registration fee, which is just to help these people fly in. So don't come to me and say, I didn't, I want another reading. I didn't, or I'm not going to pay for a prophetic word because we don't pay for God. Of course you don't pay for God's gifts. Not Stop it. Stop. So hopefully that corrects it for somebody. But it's costly to bring these guests in. And so the sh to shoulder the burden of that, we, we charge a, a nominal fee. And uh, we will take offerings too, and we're going to bless them, and it's going to be life-changing. Register for the conference. I even made it a note. That's your last point. Register for the conference. If you can't, if you're able to get off work, do it. Amen? If you can't, I understand, but I'm strongly encouraging you because it'll change your life, and I want you changed, and I want you hearing God's voice. Do you get something this morning? Stand up on your feet all across this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh, God, we give you praise and we give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you. We glorify you. We worship you. We bless you. I want to honor the dross that are here. Wonderful to have you guys with us this morning. They come from Nome. I've preached here before. We love you guys. Going to give birth here pretty soon. The word, the, what I prayed over there was a word for your, and, and so I'm gonna say it again. Maybe the Lord will give me something else too. The baby that's coming is like going to be a burning, shining lamp for the Lord. You're a burning, shining lamp.
that has just started. It's like you feel like you've been in ministry your whole life, and you have, you're a preacher's kid and all that, but really you're just launching out. The Lord tells me that you've reached really the shores of your faith and supernatural release of God's power, present and presence and provision is gonna come to you. And I'm gonna make a way for you, says the Lord. I'm changing some things, I'm reordering some things, and it's gonna come, and it's gonna come very quickly. And, and your son is going to be a burning, shining lamp like you. But your ceiling is going to be his floor. And the fire of the Holy Spirit will come through him. He'll be an unusual, an unusual man, an unusual boy. He'll have the gift of music and worship. But, but he's going to be unusual prophetic giftings and miracles. It's going to be a miracle worker. Miracles are to flow through his hands. Even at a young age, God's going to use him. Amen. Lord, thank you. Bless this child, I pray. Bless, and I bet that that confirms everything God's already spoken to you, doesn't it? Is that right? Yeah. See, because that's what the Lord does. Do you want to add anything? What else? What else can happen? It's going to be a man of God. Yeah. Isn't it beautiful? You guys are a, a precious couple that God's ordained for this hour in history. And I'm just going to tell you, we need you. How old are you? Twenty-two. And he burns with fire, the fire of the Word of God. And I'm going to tell you something. I love seeing somebody 22 that's not glued to their stinking phone, that's sitting on the edge of their seat. Can't wait. Maybe we're going to get a word of this. Maybe we're going to get a word in this service. Maybe, maybe something's going to happen. I know that's where you're at. I know. I can see it. It's just a beautiful thing. Live for God with all your heart. May God fulfill all your dreams and multiply you and multiply you and multiply you many times over this generation. We need world changers. Dread champion. Man, that's an unusual word. I'd have to go look at it. A dread champion is who God has called you to be. You have to look that up. It's something in history. God's called you to be a dread champion. And, and, and that's a, a powerful thing. You're a David in the midst with oil on you already. God raise up many like this beautiful couple in Jesus' name. Come on, you can't teach on prophecy and not prophesy a little bit. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. Oh, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God today and you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment to Him, then pray this prayer right out loud with me. If that's you, seriously, don't leave this place in the condition you came in. Give your heart to Jesus. Say with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place, to rise again for the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Use me to fulfill all my purpose in the earth. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Let me pray for you and then we'll close. Father, thank you for this marvelous group of people and for those that prayed to receive you now and those who recommitted and, and all of us here together. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Ignite a fire. Lord, as we prayed earlier, increase your activity upon our hearts. May we hear your voice. May we move, be moved by you, stirred by you, led by you equipped and trained by you. Lord, we thank you. And we praise you. Now bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us, O oh God. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, I'm going to preach on witchcraft. You might want to come. God bless you. Praise the Lord.